the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Let's come together in prayer and just believe God for his word and and great miracles in our lives. Lord, we thank you. Avinu Malkenu, you are our father, you are our king. We love you and praise you. And and Lord, this is the day that you've made and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, there's so much to be blessed about and, and Lord, there're difficulties too, but we know that you are sovereign and that we will trust in you. So blessed is the name of the Lord. I thank you for this program. I pray that it will touch hearts. Lord, if there are people who are anti-Semitic, I pray that this will touch them. But more importantly, I pray that they'll see the consistency of God and his plan, not only for Jewish people, but for all people, and that together we will make this a better planet, right? <laughs> I mean, that's one of the ideas that that people who know the Lord should make this a better place. So, Father, I thank you, praise you, and honor you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So, I want to thank uh, people who are supporting us. Uh, it's, as I mentioned last week, our radio bills were higher than our gifts last year, so if you can help us, please do. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. She'll handle your gift, or you can go online at heartofmessiah.org. We're going to continue with anti-Semitism, uh, but before we do that, let me just mention to you that uh, we still have some seats for this uh, Passover Seder. And, you know, a number of our congregations are doing Passover Seders, so they're different days, different times. And if you uh, call Karen, she can give you all the information about that. We even have an interfaith Seder. Uh, I mean, they're just different things we're doing. So call Karen at 813-831-5673. Pick the Seder that's closest to you, the the one that you feel 
will bless you. Um, we, we'd love to meet you, love to have you there. Okay? So we're going to continue to look at anti-Semitism because uh, we celebrated Purim the week before. And uh, look, it's, it's a hot topic. Uh, it's been hot in Congress. It's been hot in the United States. And it's been hot in the world. So uh, last week we talked about the promises to the Jewish people, especially God's promise of a new covenant, and that Yeshua was the fulfillment of that promise, and that one day he would destroy, you know who? Hasatan, the enemy, Satan. So he has the most to lose here, and that's why I believe that there is anti-Semitism, because it's tied up with God's promises to Israel. If God is seen to be a liar if if the enemy can defeat uh, Israel, so to speak, then that would mean that God is a liar and that people would stop believing. So this is a, a key issue, and I believe this uh, this is why the enemy has made Jewish people such a target. So if he can make our lives miserable, eventually get rid of us, You know, this is what he wants to do. So I do believe this is the root of anti-Semitism. Now, uh, last week I mentioned uh, to you that, um, you know, this is the purpose and the goal of Hasatan. Let's look at a scripture that uh, gives us a sense of what he's up to. In 2 Corinthians eleven twelve, it says, But what I am doing, I will continue to do, so that I may cut off the opportunity from those who want an opportunity in what they boast about to also be regarded just as we are. For such men are false emissaries, deceitful workers, masquerading as Messiah's emissaries. And no wonder, for even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. It is no great thing, therefore, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be according to their deeds. So here it is. It's an important thing to consider that Hasatan comes looking as if he's righteous. And that means that we are going to need a lot of discernment, right? Because he's trying to trick us. He's trying to fool us. He might offer promises that are enticing because they seem so good, yet he's trying to trick us. He's trying to uh, make us think that he's the Messiah rather than the real one. And the people who he employs, so to speak, are trying to get us on their uh, agenda. That's why it's so important we stay humble. We need to not allow our feelings to recognize right and wrong and, and, and the people who represent that, but rather God's Word and God's Spirit that lives inside of us. He is our helper, and how we recognize the charades that are all over the world, right? Yeshua said in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, slaughter, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. So what does this 
scriptures say about Hasatan's goals. In Genesis 3.1, we see that the serpent was shrewder than any animal of the field that Adonai Elohim made. So it said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the trees of the garden? He seeks, see, Hasatan seeks to spread his darkness by deceit. He makes the wrong things sound good. Uh, and so, you know, we see that Eve uh, not only ate of the tree that she shouldn't have eaten of, but then, uh, you know, got Adam to do the same. So Hasatan's motivation is caused by his arrogance and desiring at any cost to be God himself. And we see this in Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, talking about Hasatan, how you have fallen from heaven, O bright star, son of the dawn, how you are cut down to the earth, you who made the nations prostrate. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit upon the mount of meeting in the uttermost parts of the north. I will ascend above the high places of the clouds. I'll make myself like Elyon, which is God. Um, yet you will be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest parts of the pit. So even in Matthew 4, we read, Then Yeshua was led by the Ruach into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So if Hasatan, or the devil, has the chutzpah, you know what that means? It means nerve. The chutzpah to try and tempt Yeshua, how important is it to us to know when it's Hasatan and the fact that he is trying to come after us? He chooses people who, though they might want to do good, they believe, in a sense, that anti-Semitism is a form of righteousness, which is why anti-Semitism is a spiritual battle first. And I believe that in 2 Corinthians 10.4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful through God for the tearing down of strongholds. We are tearing down false arguments and every high-minded thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And this is so important because when you try and figure out how to respond to persecution, you want to respond in God's way, not the way we feel in our flesh. Can you agree with me on that? So if we're tearing down the strongholds, we're doing this in prayer. Prayer is the answer. Amen? Ephesians 6.10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So this is the power of God. Put on the full armor of God so that you're able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the worldly forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we must battle in prayer. Like it says in Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit, in the Ruach, on every occasion with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, keep alert with perseverance and supplication with all, for all the Kiddushim, all the saints, all the believers. 
and pray for me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the good news for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may speak boldly the way I should. So it's all about prayer. This is a a, a time, and, and you know, I, I know that people pray at home, but I would challenge you, if you're anything like in our congregation, prayer is the least attended meeting of the week. And I believe it should be the most. We should encourage each other in praying because that's what's going to deal with this kind of behavior that we see running rampant in the world. In Revelation twelve seventeen, it says, So the dragon became enraged at the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring, those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua. So the crown of 12 stars represents Israel. The dragon is Hasatan, and Hasatan is enraged with Israel and vows to make war with her and her offsprings too. And Hasatan is making war with all the Jews and the Messianic Jews. And very possibly, this is referring to Christians too, because it talks about the testimony of Yeshua. So we are at war. Jewish people are hated by the devil because they have given the world the law, the prophets, and the Messiah. The Jews are Christ-givers, not Christ-killers. I just thought I'd pause and let you hear that. (laughs) One example we see in Scripture of anti-Semitism in the spiritual battle as we talked about last week, is in the book of Esther, a classic example of trusting in God. However, God is never mentioned in this book of the Bible, yet you sense God all over this book. And and so this holiday, as we said, is a celebration over anti-Semitism. Isn't that the way it should be in our lives? You might not see God, but uh, it should. God should be all over us. And we should celebrate each day the victory over Hasatan that God is in our lives. Amen? Remember, I said that Hasatan uses people who think they are doing good when actually they're committing travesties. So, believe it or not, Hitler was an example of that. The people of Germany followed him because they thought he would bring their pride back and economic strength and that they would be leaders in the world. Now, Hitler actually knew a fair amount about the Bible, and he knew about the Jewish holiday of Purim. He banned its observance and planned several Nazi attacks to coincide with Purim. In a speech given in January 30th, Uh, 1944, Hitler declared that if the Nazis were defeated, the Jews could celebrate a second triumph in Purim, because Hitler even referred to himself as a second Haman. Though we lost so many people in the Holocaust, the ending was similar to the Purim story. In the book of Esther, Haman's ten sons were hanged, Uh, We see that in Esther 9.13. In 1946, Hitler committed suicide, and 10 of Hitler's top associates were put to death by hanging 
for their war crimes. Interesting, huh? Just after Hitler, then we see it again in the Soviet Union in 1953. Stalin was planning to deport most of the Jews to Siberia. Just before his plans came to fruition, he suffered a stroke and died a few days later on the night of March 1st, 1953, the night after Purim. The plan to deport the Jews was not carried out. Unfortunately, the anti-Semitic spirit of ancient Persia, which is today's Iran, has resurfaced in the Iran Muslim shouting, death to Israel. Certainly, there are many other examples of anti-Semitism throughout church history, but today I want to focus in the time we have left on the current events within the past four or five years. Now, please listen to me before I get into this. I'm not trying to make this a political issue, but honestly, this is really difficult. I'll try not to give opinions. I'm just going to give you facts. I mean, if my father, (laughs) I mean, my father must be rolling in his grave as he only voted in his entire life for Democrats. And he had a signed autograph picture of Hillary Clinton in his office. And yet, seeing the past few years, I can't imagine how he would have reacted. Let me explain why. Um, and, and by the way, before I do that, I should mention that I feel very strongly that whoever holds the title of president of our country, whether it's President Trump, President Obama, or whoever, should be highly respected. But the facts have to speak, and then everyone can make up their own minds. Just before leaving office on December 23rd, the Washington Times wrote, President Obama's refusal to veto an anti-Israel UN resolution was ranked as the most anti-Semitic incident of 2016 by the Simon Wiesenthal Center. In a stunning departure from U.S. policy, the Obama administration abstained from voting on a United Nations Security Council resolution that demanded an immediate halt to all Israeli settlement construction in the West Bank and East Jerusalem, enabling the measure to pass. It basically said that these were occupied lands. And one year before this vote, President Obama, as you can remember, sent over a billion dollars to Iran. Iran has recently continues to make strong threats against Israel. And we know that they are the sponsors financially of much of what comes against Israel. November 16th, 2018, the UN General Assembly's decolonization Colonization Committee, which includes all 193 member states, adopted nine resolutions against Israel and zero against the rest of the world. (laughs) A little crazy, right? The text condemned Israel for repressive measures against Syrian citizens in the Golan Heights, praised the UN Relief 
and work agencies and renewed the mandate of a U.N. special committee to investigate Israeli practices affecting the human rights of the Palestinian people. Now, why is this such a crazy thing when, you know, there's probably some things that are are negative, obviously, in Israel? But oh, let me just say, first of all, President Trump, on the other hand, moves the embassy May 14th, 2018, coinciding with the 70th anniversary of Israeli uh, Declaration of Independence. He also signs and recognizes a a proclamation recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, so formalizing the Middle East, and, and, and this is a policy shift based on what President Obama did. In fact, it goes right against the, the whole UN uh, thing that I just talked to you about. And, and this is truly a historic day, Netanyahu explained, saying it has taken a half a century to translate our military victory into a diplomatic victory. It's And he goes and he says about further, your recognition is a twofold act of historic justice. Israel won the Golan Heights in a just war of self-defense, and the Jewish people's roots in the Golan go back thousands of years. The president said it was necessary because otherwise Iran and its proxies in southern Syria would use the Golan Heights as a launching ground for attacks on Israel. And don't we see that? In fact, President Trump has cited that rocket attacks from the Gaza, which are examples of significant security challenges, Israel has to face them every single day. Can you imagine if rockets fell every day in your community, there are certainly situations we can look at and say that they were anti-Semitic, like the attack in the Pittsburgh synagogue a year and a half ago where 11 people were gunned down. But this is stemming from a rise in anti-Semitism. We heard what some of the Congress people said in the past few years about Jewish people. It, it, just, it, it just goes on and on and on. But the, the latest thing is the BDS movement. Now, it's, it's not that... I, I don't know how long the BDS movement's been around. It's certainly been around uh, probably 10 years or more. And the BDS movement, uh, BDS stands for Boycott, Divestment, Sanctions. Now, before I even go to that, in fact, I won't have time to go into that, so that'll have to be next week. But bef- just think about it. What is What are the Israelis against? Do they come against any other nations? Do they come against people? Do they? No, they're there helping people in times of disaster. But here is a group that is international, that is their main thing is getting rid of Israel. That's the kind of hatred that goes into this boycott, 
divestment and sanctions, which is what BDS is all about. They say Israel is occupying and colonizing Palestinian land, discriminating against Palestinian citizens of Israel, and denying Palestinian refugees the right to return their homelands. Well, you know what? Come back next week because I'm going to give you the facts. Can you handle facts? Okay. So, would you like to attend one of our Passover Seders? Call Karen. We have them in different geographies to different groups like interfaith and young adults. So, call Karen, 813-831-5673. Thank you for supporting us with your gifts. Please continue. It would be a blessing to us. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me as we close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.